Good afternoon. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, today is Thursday. We're learning Maseches Yevamos Daf Chav Dalet and Daf Chav Hayamad Aleph. We'll be going up to the Mishnah, which is two thirds of the way down on Chav Hayamad Aleph, and then we'll be back in person on Shabbos, just out of town again uh, tonight. Um, so let's get started at a fresh Mishnah. Uh, we know that we've been discussing, of course, the halachos of Yibum. Who is the ideal person to do the Yibum? Is it the oldest sibling? Is it the youngest sibling? Is it the Bechor? Is it not the Bechor? That is what this Mishnah is discussing. The Mishnah writes on about 10, 12 lines down, the mitzvah is for the older child, seemingly the older son who's still alive to do yibum. But if a younger child, and he said he really wanted to do the yibum, so then under those circumstances, the yibum works. Zacha, he was the one who was zocha to do the mitzvah, and he is the one who will merit to, to marry this widow. Says the Gemara, where is this learned from? It's learned from a pasuk in Chumash. But first we're going to read the whole pasuk so that we kind of have the pshat level, and then we'll see how the Gemara uh, deviates from the pshat level. The, fir- the full pasuk reads like this: The oldest child that is born, Yakum al Shem Achiv Hames, will be named after the brother of the father of, of the Yavam. So the person will be named after the person who died, Al Shem Achiv Hames, Yisrael, and his name won't be erased from Eretz, from from the Jewish people from Yisrael. So it says the Gemara as follows: Tanu Rabban and the rabbis learn this Pasuk tremendously differently. How do they learn the Pasuk? So the Gemara says as follows. The Hayyoh HaBechor says the Gemara, Mikan In the Pasuk, the basic shot of the Pasuk was that when we were talking about Bechor, we were talking about the firstborn child of the Yibu marriage. However, the Gemara's drashan, refers to the fact that there is a mitzvah on the older living brother to be the one to do the yibum, not kipshuto, not like the basic understanding of the Pasuk. And what does the Pasuk mean when it says, asher teleid, the Bechor, asher teleid? This Gemara is proud. La Islandess, this comes to exclude a woman from yibum who is not able to have children. She's infertile. She'en yoledes, because she can't have children. How can you uh, be yakum al shem achiv That's impossible. You can't have kids. Yakum al shem achiv. We said that the child is going to have a name that's established in the name of his father. And we thought this would mean that uh, the person would get the same name as the father who died. Not correct. The Gemara Darshans in the uh, Brisa, right here in the Nachala, that that's a reference to the inheritance, that the inheritance will be given over from the brother who died to the brother who was the Yavam. Says the Gemara, Ata Omer Lanachala, you learned this Pasuk, Shalopit Kipshuto. You learned this Pasuk to say, that when it says Yakum al Shem not that we name the child like his father who died, but rather that it's referring to inheritance. So it suggests the, the Brisa. Oh, you know, Elalashem. Maybe Ataka is Kipshuto, like the Pasuk actually means Yosef Koronosa Yosef, Yochanan Koronosa Yochanan. If the man who died, and now there are three Yibum, there's a son who is in his memory. To maybe the, the Pashtas of the Pasuk is that we call him that way in his name, whatever the person's name is, we carry it on. Says the Gemara, that's not correct. We have two different Sukkim, and uh, the other Pasuk was just like the other time that we had a usage of the word shame, it was a reference to Nachala. So the Brisa says we cannot learn the Pasuk because we have a Gzeresha that forces our hand. What does the rest of the Pasuk mean? That we are we should uh, do Yibum so that the, the man who died 
without children, his name should not be erased from the world. He should have some progeny in the, in the same name as him. Says the Gemara, Prat This comes to exclude someone who is a Sris, a man who is not able to have children. He is infertile. He is sterile. And because of that, his name is already Machui. So him getting married to the Avama doesn't uh, service anything. It doesn't help at all. It doesn't solve the problem that the Torah was trying to solve with the mitzvah of Yibum. Good. All of that is part one. That's the Brisa, which darshins the Pasuk in a very unique way, very far away from Pshat. And Rava calls it out. Omar Rava, two thirds of the one third of the way down, excuse me, on Chavtal Ramad Aleph. Rava says, Afalgav, Debechola Torah Kula, Ein Pshuto. Even though, in general, when it comes to Pesukim and Chumash, we always have uh, a, a frame of reference, which is called Pshat. The basic shot of the Pasuk has to have some relevance. In general, says Rabbi, that's true, but not here. Hacha, over here, a soy shava, the gzera shava that we learned from shame and shame, the gzera shava we learned just a few lines ago, was so powerful that it forced us to learn this Pasuk, shalo kipshuto, apikte mi pashte legamre. We therefore uprooted the basic shot of this Pasuk altogether. This Pasuk is not being learned Kipshuto at all. Think back to the different elements of the Drasha. We're not naming him like his father. It's a reference to inheritance. When we say Bechor, we're not referencing the son that was born out of the Yibum marriage. We're talking about the older of the living brothers should be the one to do the Yibum. Totally not Kipshuto. The Gemara pushes back and says, wait one second. This is actually a parenthetical comment. We love Gzereshava. If not for the fact that there was a Gzereshava, Hava Amina Shem, Shem Mamish, would in fact would we have in fact learned this Pasuk to be literal, that Yosef, if his name was Yosef, then the son who was born, the new child who's born from the Yibo marriage, his name would actually be the same as his father who died. Is that true? Says the Gemara. If that's true, then who, who is the Pasuk? First person, second person, third, who's the Pasuk talking about? The Pasuk that we, we just read says, um, that the Bechor, uh, who is born, Yakum al Shem Achiv Ames, should be set after the name of his father who died. So says the Gemara, Laman Kamizahir Rahmana, who was the Torah talking to? If you want to learn the, the Pasuk Kipshuto, who was the Pasuk talking to? Eli Yavam, if the Pasuk was speaking to the Yavam, it shouldn't say Achiv, Yakum al Shem Achiv if I'm talking to the Yavam, I need to say to him, this is a din in you. And the child, okay, then I'm talking to him. But that's not the, that's not the phraseology of the Torah. The Torah says, achiv. It does not say, achicha. And ila beidina, if we're making a reference to Bezdin, that Bezdin has this obligation to make sure that this takes place, then yakum al shame achi aviv mi boile. Then there should have been a reference to the child. But none of this makes sense one way or the other. There should have been a reference to, to Bezdin, that you guys need to make sure that this baby, that the father, is it's not referenced that way either. So says the Gemara, this is not a very good question. And maybe really the Pasuk could have been learned Kipshuto. Maybe really the Pasuk was saying as follows to Bezdin. You, Bezdin, need to say to the Yavam, He needs to be named after you, after his brother. He, we're speaking about a Yavam, and we're telling him, we're speaking about the Yavam, we're not speaking to him, we're speaking about the Yavam, and we're speaking to Bezdin, and we're saying to Bezdin, you, Bezdin, need to make sure that this person names the baby after his brother, and that does work out. And either way, <coughs> however we uh, understand the basic shot of the Pasuk, it doesn't matter, because Xer Shava is still there. Hela Asa, Xer Shava, and Apikte Legamri. Whatever basic pshat or not basic pshat we had in the Pasuk, the Gzera Shava that we had uprooted this understanding.
Now the Gemara is going to try and figure out exactly what the word Bechor means in the Pasuk. We saw in the Drasha at the beginning of the Gemara, where the Gemara opens, that Bechor is Mikan she mitzvah begadol yabim. Who is a gadol? Is the gadol a bechor? Is the bechor a gadol? Is the gadol just older than the younger one, but the oldest one was the one who died? A whole bunch of iterations the Gemara is going to go through right now to try and figure out exactly what the word bechor comes to teach us. Says the Gemara, two-thirds of the way down. Now that with the word bechor, we know that the Pasuk is speaking about a gadol. Maybe I should say that only an oldest child can do yibum, but a pashut, a regular child, a non-bechor child, he should not do it. And our Mishnah is, uh, is giving us uh, some parameters says the Gemara that that's not possible. We spent many days talking about about a younger brother doing Yibum. Says the Gemara, Why then would I have needed all of the Limudim that we did about over the last many blot? It's unnecessary if you say that Yibum only applies to a Bechor and not to a Pashat, not to a regular child. A non-bechor. Says the Gemara, not necessarily. Maybe, maybe Parikh Ravacha, he says, maybe we could say the Ema, maybe we should say that the case of uh, was to say that, no, we have to make sure that there's no yibum in a case where it's bukhra de ima, where it's a bukhra of the mother's side, because we know that yibum is only on the father's side of the family. So that, that's what the Gemara is saying, is maybe we were coming to preclude the case of the bukhra being from the mother. Says the Gemara, we're not able to give such a recommendation, because the yibum benachala talarachmona. Everybody knows that yibum is dependent on nachala, benachala min min that you can't, we don't even need a drusha to preclude the possibility of the Bechor being that of a mother, because everybody knows that Yibum doesn't go through the mother's side. The Ema, maybe we should say, Maybe in order for the, for the Mitzvah of Yibum to function, we need a Bechor. But if there was no Bechor, then there's no Mitzvah of Yibum at all. Says the Gemara, can't be, because the basic shot of the Pasuk is that the oldest brother died, and that the younger brother did the Yibum. So that can can't be that we're making some assumption that if there's no Bechor, that there's no Yibam. Maybe we should say the Miskatan. Maybe we should say the cases where the younger brother died. And then we're saying the remaining brother, who's the Bechor, he should do Yibam. But in the reverse, it wouldn't have happened. Said the Gemara, that's, again, not possible because of an argument we said earlier. We know that there are cases where the younger child does the Yibam, and therefore we can't say this as well. So we're still stuck. We don't know yet know what the word Bechor is coming to teach us. The Gemara continues 12 lines or so from the bottom. Um, when there is no Bechor, that's when a Katan is able to chop a Ryan and marry the Avama. However, if there was a Bechor around and then the Katan tried to be uh, to chop a Ryan, then the Gemara says, nope, maybe Lozach. Maybe that's what the word Bechor is coming to teach us. Says the Gemara, again, not possible. It's when the brothers are together. What does that mean? The brothers are equals in a certain way. Of course, there is a Bechor and there is a Pashat, but in regards to Yibum, they are equals. And that's why our Mishnah says that if a Katam, the Katam, then he is able to marry her. So that can't be either. So it's eight lines from the bottom, seven lines from the bottom. Maybe the Gemara says that when there actually is a Bechor in the family, we should focus in on the Gadol. We should do all of our best that he should be the one to do it. And Kileka Bechor, Ein Chosen Gadol. But when there's no Bechor, we don't chase after the Gadol. Maybe that's what the word Bechor is teaching me. Says the Gemara, that can't be either because had that been true, Alama Tani Shisha, why did Abayak Shisha teach the following? Mitzvah Begadol Yavim, that there is a mitzvah for an older child to do Yibum. Lo Ratza, if he doesn't want to, what do we do? 
and lo rata. And if the katan doesn't want to do yibum, then we go back to him. So that brisa makes no sense if we are to say the assumption that we only go after the older child when there is a bechor. That doesn't make sense. So it says the Gemara, that's not a problem. Maybe we should say ma garmalo. In regards to a bechor, maybe we'll say the fact that he is a bechor is what caused him to be the one who's focused on afgadol. Even an older child who isn't a bechor the fact that he's the oldest makes him the focal point. And that's uh, another reason why we can't say um, why we can't say this possibility that when there is a Bechor, we follow after the after the Gadol. And when there isn't a Bechor, then we uh, we don't follow after the Gadol. The Gemara says, maybe we should say, that only when there's a Bechor, that's when the Nachala follows him. When the Yavam is a Bechor and the, the brother who died was younger, then he gets the Nachala of his brother. However, but if the person who did the Yibam was a Pashat, was a non-Bechor brother, he was just a regular brother, not the oldest, says the Gemara, that's it's not possible either to say that a younger brother doesn't get the inheritance because Amar Kra Yakum al Shem Achiv because. The Pasuk says that he did his job. He did that, the younger brother. He married the Yavam and they had a child. He did exactly what the Pasuk and Chumash said. He did his job. He got married and he was Yaakum al Shem Achim. So then says the Gemara, well, fine, we've exhausted so many of these possibilities. Turning to the top of Why then did the Torah go out of its way to add the word Bechor? If it didn't even mean the Pashtas, was just for Drasha. What is it coming to teach us? Says the Gemara, it's for a limiting negative factor. It's really not so negative. It was just a, a limiting factor. Just like a bechor, a bechor is not able to take money that was only berau'i, that was fitting for his father to receive, but he had yet to receive. So in other words, the bechor is eno notel berau'i kibemuchzak. He doesn't take money that's supposed to come to his father before he dies. What like he would t- take the money that is in his father's bank account, and because that's true of him, Avhai, even even the brother, the Yavam, who is taking over for uh, for his brother who passed away. So Ruvain died. Shimon is taking over. He's marrying Ruvain's wife Rachel. So he gets his brother's Yerusha, but only whatever is uh, he doesn't get the theoretical money, which is the ra'oi, he only gets the money that is muhsak. That brings us to a new Mishnah Let's continue. If a person is Nitan, Rashi, Rashi says five lines down, Nitan People are saying rumors about him that he was inappropriate with a shifcha and then and then she was freed. So then halachically he can marry her in theory. We'll see whether or not that's appropriate. Or there were rumors about him having been with a non-Jewish woman and then she converted. It's not appropriate for them to get married. Rashi, Rashi is um, six lines down. Rashi had a little bit of a different language in our Mishnah. Our, our Mishnah says lo yichnos and Rashi says lo yisa'ena. Either way, what does Rashi say? The reason why they shouldn't get married is mishum la'az shelo yomru emes haya hakol harishon. Because if there are rumors about the ovedes kochavim and then she's niskaira, she converts and then you marry her, everyone's going to say, pashatei, you were with her the whole time. Obviously, that's the case. And we don't want those rumors to, to be... Uh, to be validated, even if they are true. We don't want that to happen, even though it's technically mutter to get married. We'll ask this question a little bit in the Gemara. What's the, okay, so there's a rumor. So we'll ask this question in the Gemara. Um, But nevertheless, it's not appropriate. What if somebody actually did? 
There are rumors about a man and an Ovedes Kochaver. And then she's Nisgaira, and then they end up getting married against the rules. Vim Kanas, what should he do? So we don't force them to get divorced. There's no halachic issues per se with their marriage. She's a new woman. An Ovedes Kochavim who is Nisgaira is a new woman. Okay, what about Hanitan al Eshes Ish? A man is married, and there's rumors about him having been with another woman who's married in the community. That's a big problem. is a language of others were motzi. In other words, Rashi says nine lines down or so. Hanitan al bezdin. Bezdin removed them from the marriage. Even there, if they broke the rules and did get married, in contrast to the Shifchan Yovedes Kochavim, where if they anyways got married, we say that they can stay together. By an Eishas Ish, where Bezdin says, you need to get divorced there, even if they force the wedding, then we don't allow them to stay together. End of the Mishnah. The Gemara opens with a diuk. It does still seem to be the case that if this woman, this Ovedes Kochavim, goes through the process of Gi or Lashem Kiddushin, Lashem Nisuin, the only reason, seemingly from the Gemara, the only reason that she's going through with this Gerus is because she wants to marry Ruvain, Ruvain and a non Jewish woman, Christy. So they had some type of relationship that was on the fence of inappropriate or, in fact, inappropriate. All of a sudden, she's becoming a Gerus. It's obviously for Ruvain. So this is Gerus Lashem Kiddushin, a very big discussion in the postgame and very very, very complicated when people convert specifically for these purposes, as we'll see in a moment, the Gemara may not like this as a possibility, because the implication of our Mishnah is that Gioris Mihahavia, that it in fact counts, or a Minhu, how can that be? We have a Mishnah that doesn't agree with our Mishnah. If our Mishnah implies that a Gioris, the Shem Kiddushin, is appropriate, how do we understand this Mishnah? We're in the second line of the Gemara, seven, eight lines down, if a man decides to convert for the sake of marrying a woman, or if a woman converts for the sake of marrying a man. And similarly, someone who converts because he wants to eat at the king's table. Oh, he sees that there's this, uh, you know, he's able to get into the into the business and he's a wealthy guy. He's walking into this perfect scenario. That's why he's converting. Or in order to be an abbot of Shlomo, these people are going to Raisa. They're really going to Raisa. They can't marry into Klal Yisrael. Their kids are going to Raisa. If there are people who are converts because of Arayos with an Aleph, because of lions, in other words, if they're converting out of fear, if someone is a ger because of a dream that they had, people who were, were in fear of Mordechai Esther at that time in Shushan, if people were converting, it was under it was under duress and it was therefore invalid. They are not allowed to, they have an unacceptable gerus until they convert properly. Asks the Gemara, what does Bizman Hazem mean? Bizman Hazeh, Salkadaitach, what does that mean? Ella Ema says the Gemara, Kibizman Hazel, like whatever is going on at this time, not like today, but when things are normal, when things are, are not scary and when things are not awesome. So that's when it's appropriate to convert. So says the Gemara, how can it be that the Diuk of our Gemara is correct? How can it be that the Diuk of our Mishnah is correct when it says that Gioras Mihahavya, the Brysis says not that way? So it says the Gemara, Itmar Allah, we already have a comment on this on this Shita. There is a Shita in the Amul Raim, and that Shita is that all of these people are considered to be valid Gerim. Now, if they're all considered to be valid Gerim, so then the Gemara asks Akash in our Mishnah, Why then can a man not marry this non Jewish woman, Ovedas Kochavim, who's Niskaira, even if it's the shame issues, even if it's for the sake of getting married? Who cares? 
Let it be that they're getting married. What is the big deal? Because of the rumor, says the Gemara, Mishum de Ravasi. Ravasi says it's not appropriate. We need to remove the twisted lips. We need to remove the contorted lips. We need to make sure that people are not saying bad things about you, and therefore you should not marry the person. The rabbis teach us another brisa about Gerus. We will not be accepting um, non-Jews, non-Jewish converts throughout the times of Yibos HaMashiach. Similarly, in the past, we did not accept Gerim during the times of David when things were more wartime, when things were more peacetime, things were not the ideal settings for, for conversion. What is the Pasuk that supports this idea? You want to do some con- conversions? Do it when it's me'efesosi, without me'osi, even without a Kodesh Baruch Hu. If that's the case, then then fine, then you can do your conversion, you can follow with the Jewish people, you're in. Uh, but, but to convert for other reasons, that's not considered to be appropriate. So this Gemara, this little Bryce, it seems to go against the uh, the previous Gemara, because the previous Gemara concluded, Halacha Kedivri HaOmer, Kulam Gerim Heim, yet over here we see in this Bryce that in the times of David, and in the times of Shlomo, and times of Moshe Mashiach, that no Geris is allowed. So these two Gemaras are astira. And again, this is a very, very big discussion in postgame as to how we navigate this. We, we know these stories. Everybody has someone, either one degree or two degrees of separation in their family, you know, it's a nice Jewish guy who marries a nice Catholic girl. She, okay, she dunks. She goes into the mikvah. Even if it's an Orthodox conversion, the question is, is it still valid? We're not talking about the other conversions, that's for sure. Fine. Halfway down, in regards to the case in our Mishnah where we said that there was uh, that there were rumors between a man and another woman in the community. So says the Gemara, the case of our Mishnah when, was that there were Adim who saw Ruvain um, alone with another man's wife, with Shoshana, with another person's wife. So it says the Gemara, if there's Edim, Omar Rav says that can't be. Amina, I say about Rav's comment, he must have said this line when he was dozing off because it doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't it make any sense? Because the Tanya, the Brysa writes as follows. If there is a man who has claims about him that he has been uh, that he's been inappropriate with another person's wife. And Bezdin divorces them, forces them to get uh, to separate. And then she marries another man. She marries another man. So again, there's the Nitan. There's the man that uh, Ruvain, there's the woman that Ruvain was supposedly with. Let's say her name is Shoshana. And then um, there is Ruvain's actual wife, which is Rachel. So then here's the case. So there's Ruvain and Rachel, and Ruvain um, is having a, an inappropriate relationship of some kind with Shoshana. And then he gets divorced from his first wife, from Rachel, but then, then he marries a totally different person altogether. So now the rumors have stopped about Shoshana because he's married to somebody else and nobody's saying the rumors anymore. Then if after they get divorced, in Kines, if he goes back and marries Shoshana yet again, then they don't have to get divorced. What's the case? Because Rav said that there must have been Edim. But says the Gemara, if in fact there were Edim, even if he were to marry somebody else in the meantime, he, he, marries, uh, he marries Leah in the meantime. But so what? Even if there was to be a break in the call, a break in the rumors, we're going to discuss rumors a little bit more. Who cares? My Have. At the end of the day, it's Asr Labal, Asr Labal. If there were Edim that the two of them were together, why would he ever be allowed to marry uh, Leah. Reuven can never marry Leah because that she's Asr Labal, Asr Labal. Ella, it must be. Ella, it must be. And this is why the Gemara is sharp against, against Rav. This is why Rosh says, It must be that there were no Edim. And the reason why we, why we would make a distinction is as to whether or not 
there was a break in the rumor. If there was a break in the rumor, if Sike Kala, if there was a break in the in the rumors that people were saying, then the couple can stay together. And if there was no break, then they, they cannot stay together. If there was no break, Mafkinon. So then if the rumors were still consistent, then they have to get divorced. Omar Lach Rav, how would Rav respond to this price? No, he says, Allah would be the same way that they don't have to break up their, their marriage. If Ruvain ends up marrying Leah, the woman with whom there was some kind of inappropriate relationship, um, he says that they would not have to get divorced no matter what. Only if there were Edim Mafkinan, Ileka Edim Lo Mafkinan. Here's how Rav understands the Brisa. Even though there was a wife in between that broke up the rumors, he was married to Rachel and now he's married to Shoshana. And the woman that he was talking to when he was married to Rachel was Leah. So he's married to Shoshana. When he's married to Shoshana, clean and clear, nobody's saying anything negative. So says the Gemara, you still should not get married. But there's no Edim. Says the Gemara, how can you say that? When do we say that Bezdin will remove the husband after Ruvain and Leah are having conversations or having uh, interactions that they should not be having? That's only That's only if she does not have children from another marriage. But if she has children from another marriage, she should not be divorced from the, the man that she's with because that then has implications about Mamzerus in the community. If in fact there were Edim that they were together, but if we have Edim, then Taka, they would absolutely need to be separated because Asr Leboa. And Rav, Mukila the Masnis, and Rav establishes this Mishnah, he establishes this case with a special Ukimta where, uh, where she has children and she also has Aden. So says the Gemara, why did Rav give such a narrow view of the Brisa? Asks the Gemara, what is the reason why Rav was giving such a narrow explanation of the Brisa? Says the Gemara, the time of and his logic was that if there were Edom, then they get divorced. And if there were no Edom, then they, then they don't get divorced. Why doesn't he say an easier case scenario? Lukma, you should establish the case as That's much easier than you don't have to engage the very complicated features of Edus. So says the Gemara, Omar Rava, he's really speaking in the name of Rav. He says, I'll tell you exactly why Rav was concerned with our Mishnah and forced the discussion of Edus. A beautiful, beautiful diuk in the Brisa. Take a look at this. Omar Rava, Masnisan Kshise, the Mishnah that we've been learning was difficult for him. Our Mishnah at the top of the page was difficult for him. Why? The Brisa said that Bezdin separated them. When does Bezdin do things? When there's Edus. So our Brisa, look at the Mishnah at the top. Our Mishnah says on the top that if in fact, they uh, in the end of the Mishnah, Rav looked at the word and said, it must be that there's Edus because it's Bezdin. Bezdin doesn't work on hearsay. Bezdin works on a formal process of having Edim. So Rav didn't have a choice. We had to say that the case was Edim. So says the Gemara, my ear, the Tani Hotziuha. Why then would our Mishnah would have said Hotziuha, which refers to Bezdin? Listen to Had it been that it said Hotziuha, that the husband divorced her and not the Be- Okay, then you're right. But that's not what the Mishnah says. That's gorgeous Duke from our Mishnah, one that Rav Sheshis did not pick up on apparently, or that Rav Sheshis had a different version of our Mishnah. And in fact, that's what the Gemara recommends, that that's a possibility that uh, uh, maybe the Gemara doesn't recommend this. Uh, yeah. Some give another answer that really maybe our Mishnah isn't dealing with Edim. And Hani Masnaisa Rebihi. And our Mishnah is really reflecting the Shita of Rebbe, who has a very, very strict line in regards to scenarios that don't 
that don't pass the test of uh, the, the, the moral compass test. What are, the, what are these cases? De Tanya, the Brysa writes, Rochel, if there's someone who uh, is selling perfumes, if the Rochel is Yotze, if a Rochel is walking out of a person's house, a woman's house, and at the same time that he's walking out of the house, a woman is redressing herself. This was a garment that was worn for Tzniyas, probably the equivalent to undergarments. So then, because the scenario is disgusting, we don't know exactly what happened. There's no Edim, it doesn't matter. Even without Edim, marriage is off. And as well, if there was uh, some spit that was found on, so they had canopy bed. So on the sheet that was above, that was hanging above the bed, if they saw some spit on the top of that, so then says the Gemara that uh, in a similar case scenario, that where there was a Rochel in the house and they found Rochel Malamin Akila, so the logistics here seem to be something along the line of uh, that during Tashma Shamita, that she had uh, possibly. Uh, salivated in some way, and that it got uh, near the near the rochel, near the guy, and he and he just kind of wiped it on the kila. Something along those lines. Logistics are not super clear, but that's what Rashi seems to indicate. Either way, uh, in this case as well, the last word on the page is uh, words on the page is mechur hadavar And according to him, according to Reb, you don't even need Adim. So that would be another way to look at our Mishnah, which says that if it's nitan al even if it's not Bezdin, but they should be divorced anyways, because the scenario doesn't look right. As well, the Brisa continues on the top of if there are shoes that are overturned under the bed, that also implies something's not right. That because things don't look right, then they should get divorced. Says the Gemara, before we just look at whether or not the shoes are turned over, whose shoes are they? The place where shoes normally go was messed up. In other words, in order for intercourse, they disrobed and they, the place where the shoes normally went was muddied because their floors were not like our floors. So they, if there were shoes there, you'd know if somebody's shoes were there from the morning, you're able to tell the difference. And that's what the Gemara says. Who do we paskin like in regards to our Mishnah? Do we say that our Mishnah is talking about Adam like Rav, or do we say that they're talking about the Mechuar cases like Rebbe? Says the Gemara five lines down on the There's a different second. Some would say we are that our Mishnah is referring to Adus, and some say that they're not talking about Adus. How do we get out of this scenario where it seems to be that one Brisa is speaking about uh, the Shita of uh, Rav and the other is talking about Rebbe. So it says the Gemara, Lokasha, habikala de pasik, habikala de lo pasik. It depends. In one case, that's where the kala is pasik, where the rumors stopped. And in another case, it's where the rumors don't stop. Says the Gemara, kala de lo pasik, When there is a, a no stop of, uh, of rumors, then even Rebbe, even where there's no edim, we would still say that they need to get divorced. And kala de pasik, vika edim, kirab. And when the kala, when the kol does stop, when the rumors stop and there are edim, that is kirab. That's how Rav understood our. Mishnah. Asks the Gemara, de kama. what does it mean that rumors stop? Uh, the rumors don't stop. So it says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, Amrali Aim. Abaye's mother said really his au pair because he didn't have a mother. His mother died in childbirth. Dumi Demata, Yome Upalga. The rumors around town, they typically last a day and a half. Things are very different now with technology. I don't know what the modern application of this would be, but it's uh, uh, rumors last much longer than that. 
It has to be that there was no stopping at all. If there was any pause in the rumors at all, then they're considered to be stopped. Fine. We would only consider it to be an actual stop of the rumors if it wasn't if it wasn't done for Yira. If it was just because of you were afraid of the person who you were talking about, that's not considered a stop of the uh, rumors. That's still considered a continuation of the rumors. You're just scared of the guy. And it doesn't apply to a person who has enemies. If you have enemies, so then we should fairly assume that they are the ones who are who are obviously kala. Lastly, Tanan. Let's just learn the last 10 lines here. Tanan Hasan, we learned the Mishnah. ishto mishum lo That if you have uh, a case of a woman who is divorced because of a shamra, she has a bad name and you divorce her, lo yachsir, you should not remarry her. Mishum neder. If it, she was the type of person who would make a neder and that bothered you and you divorced her because of that, then as well, lo yachsir. The, the case over there that we were concerned about, as Rashi highlights, is we're afraid that if she's the kind of person that make, makes Nadarim a lot, so then, and she's when she was already married to somebody else, so then maybe the previous husband would undo his own get and say, I didn't know she made that promise. Had I known she made that promise, I wouldn't have divorced her, and then it would have been a problem of get Lemafreya, of undoing a get uh, Lemafreya. Shalach le Rabba Barhuna, the Rabba Bar Rav Nachman, Yelamdenu Rabbeinu, in a case like this, Kanas. If this man who divorced his wife because of a shame route or because of a neder, um, so then if they force the marriage, then what should the deal be? We already learned. He quotes our Mishnah and says that our Mishnah is the same as that case. Our Mishnah and this case are not the same. This case is where the woman has a shame ra and where she makes a neder. Our Mishnah is where Bezdin does the separation of the marriage. Hotzia here, the man himself does the separation, not the same thing. But Rabbi Barav Nachman must need nami hotzia tonight. Oh, so he says no. I, he has a different gear than our Mishnah. He says that it's really hotzia, and then they are still comparable. Says the Gemara Vakati mitami. Still, they're not comparable. Hacha baal v'hasam boel. Over here, the case we have, they were already married. Over there, in the case on the top of Chav Dalit and the Mishnah, that was a case of a boel of someone who's being inappropriate. Amarle shapir dami You're right that there is a, that they are still somewhat similar. Um, they can be compared. They are still similar. The cases are similar enough and they have similar halachas. So says the Gemara, really the cases are not comparable because in one case, the rumors are very strong. And in one case, we say that the rumors are not so strong. So we're going to stop right here at this Mishnah and we'll pick up in your Hashem on Shabbos, wishing you all a beautiful day.